Okay, so that might <laughs> Okay, so I have your consent to record you. This is good. Okay, so we're on. This is uh this is our maiden voyage, if you will. I'm here with Tyler Bedson right there. Hello. Hi, Tyler. You are bald and beautiful today. Tried, man. I did my hair just like you this morning. Just had to I mean, it. I was running a little late and I was like, I had to take <laughs> Tyler. I'm like, well, I'm I got to do my hair, so make sure yours is pretty too. Yeah, I mean, I just woke up, rolled out of bed, and here we are. That's, would, that's, what, that's <laughs> what champions do, guys. They wake up, they roll out of bed, and they jump on a maiden voyage of a podcast. That's the way to go. But see, we're both wearing the gold chains. That's very important, guys. If you want to be a juicy bodybuilder, gold chains are important. So yeah, if you want to start a podcast, too, it's required. It's required. It, it is. All right, guys. So we're going to do a Q&A today just to kind of get get things rolling for you guys. we got a lot of good questions. Um, God, I probably got like 30 or 40 questions, which is good for me. I don't, you probably got a million, too. I got a lot of crazy ones. I got a lot of good ones. It's always a mix, man. It's 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 wild. I try to answer all of them, but some are just outlandish. <laughs> yeah. When you, when you do the Q and A thing, yeah. When you do the Q and A thing on Instagram, it's uh, it's a little. You never know what you're gonna get. Luckily, we're not hot girls because when hot girls do the Q and A thing on Instagram, they just get dudes just sliding in the DMs. Oh yeah. But we do too, with and we're going to go into that with a little muscle oh, yeah. action later. So get we ready for that, guys. Talk today. Yeah, you guys are going to love it. Um, I guess we'll just go ahead. Like some of you that don't know us, like I guess we can drop our Instagram. That's cool. So what's your Instagram, Tyler? Mine is at Tyler underscore Bedson. Simple as that. Easy money. Uh, mine is K W I N T Z eighty seven. That's it. And that's not the year I was born in. If you think that's the year I was born in, you. It was the only number available, and he had to choose it. Was. That's, those are the amount of muscle worship DMs I get per day, 87. That's why I picked that number. So, All right, so we're going to get into kind of what we're trying to do with this podcast. Um, we're both from Kentucky. We're both super into bodybuilding. Uh, we're coming at it from different angles. Um, we, Tyler and I, met. Jeez, we actually met in like 2018, but we didn't know who each other were, I don't think. But uh, we have a nice group chat with some other friends of ours. Um, Tyler's a really great coach, really huge in this uh, region. I'm just a dude who's trying to be a really good classic physique bodybuilder. So um, the first question is a good seg into this, um, and the question is very simple. Question is, Tyler, I'm going to ask you first, what got you into bodybuilding? That's a that's a great question. I love this one because back when I started uh, training, it was 2010. Uh, that's when I really got serious about it. I graduated high school at 98 pounds. Yes, huge, tiny. I mean, I I looked like a stick. Like I I probably have an old picture of this, but I actually got arrested for trafficking marijuana, and I got. You know, I went to uh, I got I got arrested. I got offered and went to court for a year. And my initial offer was two years in prison as an 18 year old, 98 pound kid. Ugh. And that, that scared the shit out of me, to be honest with you. So I, I immediately I, had, I lived in an apartment with a buddy of mine and I went to the apartment gym every day and I would eat like 
all day, every day and try to grow. Cause I was like, man, I'm going to get my ass kicked or I'm going to become somebody's bitch. Or, like I, I had all these crazy ideas. You were probably pretty when you were 98 pounds at 18. I'm just I had long hair. I was a skateboard kid and stuff like that. It was wild. So anyway, you know, I kept up with that and that's kind of was honestly what saved me, you know, it got me away from the, the friends I was hanging out with at the time that were getting me into trouble. Uh, I kept lifting weights and kept getting better. And, you know, it wasn't until five years after I was training that I decided to do my first competition. Yeah. So in 2015, I did my first competition and I fell in love with it. Uh, I actually had a coach at the time and I would try to send that coach clients. I'd be like, hey, man, I got this girl that just talked to me and she said she wants to do a competition. I remember one day he sat down and talked to me and said, why the hell don't you do it? And I was like, hmm. Well, I never thought about that, but I was going to school for exercise science at the time at University of Kentucky, and I did, and it kept growing and growing, and I, I've really gotten involved in the industry. I coach a ton of different clients as far as strongman, powerlifting, bodybuilding, all around, and I've just gotten lucky to have so many great people. That's awesome i i didn't know that you uh were facing a possible prison sentence that's a big uh people do man but it, it's it's really interesting i made a post about it a while back because it was like the 10 year anniversary you know you're an 18 year old kid and it was nine days after i turned 18. yeah so you know I'm, I'm i'm stupid i'm a young kid like i was doing dumb just dumb shit. but it almost like it, it changed my whole life like i really had to pay my own way like i was going to school for uh PA originally. And then I, I had a, uh, a college, uh, counselor tell me that I should not waste my time. Good. And that even if the degree that I wouldn't be able to become a doctor and I was like, Oh, okay. Well, uh, thank you for the confidence. I was like, that's really nice to hear <laughs> so much. Fuck. Yeah. So good. So yeah. So Tyler just didn't want to be a 98 pound prison bitch. So he's like, all right, this is it. We got to change. <laughs> this is it. And then boom, he spurred a whole career out of it. That's big time. That's good. Man, it's it's been it's been an awesome thing to to really go from you know ninety eight pounds to basically doubling in size and all the knowledge that comes with it. Uh, it it's a it's a true journey, man. And it's like it's crazy to think like the ways that you start. So I'm I'm curious of yours. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't, I wasn't about to go to prison. So that was, that's a good thing for me, I guess. Right there, bro. That's a but win. You know what though, Tyler, I was in a prison of emo poetry writing and being a skinny little, little guy who couldn't get chicks in high school. That's the prison I was in. So I, this it's so funny. So actually I'm in driver's ed. I was 16 years old and this is the dumbest like thing to ever remember, but I remember it. So I'm driving, right? And my buddy in the seat, like behind me, he goes, he goes, Kyle, your arm is really skinny. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, is it, is it though? So I'm like, I'm driving and I'm like, looking at my arm and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, dude, my arm's skinny. What, what's going on? So I played sports in high school. I wasn't very good, mind you, but I played. Um, so I played basketball. You know, we fucked around in the gym. We didn't take it seriously. But that's the first time I was like, wait a second, I'm skinny. So, I was 18. It was my senior year of high school. Um, all my the sports were done. You know, I was about to head to UK for undergrad, and I'm like, all right, I need to figure out a way to get some chicks because this is not it right now. So on it's and it's so awful because yes, the start the reason I started going to the gym was to get chicks. 
ugh, super normy thing, but uh, that's common. That's common. It's very common. Um, in a lot for me, like you know, I started to get chicks, and obviously, God, what fourteen years into it now, like obviously, you know, I'm not doing it to get chicks. Spoiler alert, young kids, if you're just trying to go get get juicy to get chicks, it's not gonna work. Um, go get your education, get an American Express black card, have a good personality. You know, the muscles aren't gonna get you the chicks. I promise. Um, but no, you know, I, I kind of got into it at, you know, 18, just to, I wanted to be bigger. Uh, I was a very skinny kid growing up. I grew, I was kind of like you, you know, I graduated high school about 110 pounds, you know, my 510 soaking wet. So, you know, now we're 210 off season, mind you, pretty juicy. Um, and I actually started doing, I did my first bodybuilding show in 2013. That's how fucking old I am. Um, and I did the Flex Lewis Classic in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Competitive show too. It was a competitive, and I didn't know I knew nothing about it. And I went into open bodybuilding down there. Um, and I had been seriously lifting for about a year or two years, not a big deal. So I'm down there, you know. I I was like a I was a middleweight. And I coached myself for eight weeks, dieted for eight weeks, um, natty, mind you, and I, I, I posted a few of the pics, but man, I got blitzed. I had no idea what I was going up against. Um, no idea. I finished six out of six in my class. Um, just got rocked. So I'm like, okay, that was fun. Holy shit. I need to take this a little more seriously. So then I did some, a couple of men's physique competitions because I'm like, I'm small. I'm not going to be a, you know, big open bodybuilder. Um, so 2014, I did a couple of men's physique comps. I finished third. Um, in my open class at the uh, Kentucky Muscle, which is pretty solid. Coached myself there, too. Um, then I got into a couple of relationships, and the girls were not really into the bodybuilding thing, which I think we could eventually do an entire show about that because that's a big uh, – That's an interesting topic for sure, man, because like, I feel like we, we went through – I coach so many females, so I really know how that works. You know, like I'll, I'll post guys, and they'll be like, who's that? But then I'll like tell like I, I I can't play matchmaker as a professional, so I'm like, why don't you message them yourself? <laughs> you know, and it's it's like right in the DMs. There are ways yeah. to do that. But yeah, you know, I had a couple of girls, and that's something where like I was always, you know, up until recently, I kind of did things for other people, and then I had a breakup a couple of years ago when I seriously got into bodybuilding. When I was like, fuck this, I'm gonna do what I want for me, um, and that was 2018, and that's when I serious I got really serious. Um, I hired my coach, Bartley Weaver. Um, you guys probably know him. He's huge around here. Um, and we got after it in 2018. And since then, I've been a pretty – made a pretty serious uh, transformation. And now I feel like I'm a pretty legit classic physique guy. So You really came up, man. Like, I remember the first time I really took note of you was whenever I, I of course, coached Cody Nolan. And he did that show, Kentucky – it was Kentucky the Derby in Derby. 2019. Yeah. And uh, he was trying to beat Chauncey, which which is just like that's an incredible feat. Hey, Chauncey took his warmups. Chauncey uh, Shredder twenty one on IG. He took his yeah. warm ups backstage, and we all started looking at each other like, "Fuck oh, this bit." They called them both out. You know that was that was intense. But then, like, I feel like you were kind of left out of that circle as like a you know you're you're good. You're really good. I felt like I was good. Yeah. So now you've even got better. Uh, like I said, you you play second at your recent show to a guy that got third at nationals. It's basically a bro in my mind. 
Yeah. So, you know, you, you've gotten extremely good in just the past two years. Yes, uh, bodybuilding monkhood. That's all I've done. Just eat, sleep, train. I haven't drank an ounce of liquor since October 2018. Bodybuilding. Uh, man, that's a lot. That's a I lot haven't had much sex since 2018 because of bodybuilding <laughs> and nothing else. I swear. Even the women ruin a lot of people with bodybuilding, man. That's so. They do. And that's it. And again, we're going to do this. This is going to be an episode. That's I, in my opinion, you got to have, if you know, you got, you have to have a partner who's really supportive and either into the sport or just, you know, super supportive of the sport. So Dude, I, I've got guys like coach man. And like, you know, they, they have some have wives who've never competed before, never plan on it. And they're the most supportive people ever. Yeah. And it's just, like, and then, you know, I've had some clients who's, you know, girlfriends competed and me myself, you know, I had, I had a wife that competed and they just, you know, after a while you just don't get it. Yeah. It's crazy because it's like, it's, it's in a sport for crazy people. Absolutely so, insane yeah. human beings, which like, are I'm, my favorite type of people. Like if you're a crazy person, I'm probably going to like you. I don't know what that says about me, but yeah, it's, it's definitely an event. So, so, yeah, so that's me. That's Tyler. Um, if you guys want to know anything about us, DM us. We have Instagram. We gave you our IGs. Um, we'll actually probably set up an Instagram just for this podcast, too, at some point. But yeah, we'll about that. Um, so we're going to get into some questions now. We just kind of answered the first one, kind of introduction. But uh, question two, I'm going to ask you, Tyler, how important is the scale? Uh, okay, so. The only time the scale is important, in my opinion, is if you have to make weight for a class that you're competing in. So that only goes for bodybuilders and classic physique. Otherwise, for females, it doesn't matter at all, in my opinion. And for males, if you're not trying to make weight, it doesn't matter at all. Uh, you, I, I've seen females, especially female clients, where it's like, you know, they'll start with me. And they'll start at 145 pounds and, you know, they'll be kind of like skinny fat and, you know, they, they, they clearly like go out and party a lot. And then I'll get them started on some training and eating some food and they'll go up to 155 pounds, but all of a sudden they look like an athlete. So they actually gain 10 pounds. They got off that vodka and hot pocket diet. That's what happened. Well, and then, you know, they compare the pictures and they're like, holy shit, I didn't know how much I changed. And it, it's incredible. Like, the, and the, the weight is actually, you know, completely the opposite of what you would think. Like most people are like, well, that girl probably lost 20 pounds. And then you're like, no, she gained 10. And it's astonishing. But on the other hand, like, you know, if I have a cl client in classic physique, uh, trying to think, uh, use Logan Miller as an example. He is like 280 in off season and has to be 252 on stage. So it matters, you know, like it absolutely matters. We have to be at that weight. So I have to look at the scale for that reason. Yeah. But other than that, the look is what's important. Yeah. I mean, it's all about the look. And I, you know, I'll have I, you know, I have some clients. I don't coach like Tyler does, do some lifestyle people, but especially with women, it's the biggest thing. Like, like you were saying, like I gained six pounds in the last month and a half. What happened? Okay. Like, are you taking pictures? Pictures are the biggest thing to me, like personally and for other people. Like, I want to see what your composition looks like here and then a month later and then three months later. That's how you know. Because the scale, I mean, you've heard it since you were a kid. Muscle weighs more than fat. It does. It's, it's a different composition. So 
you know, if you're just going off what the scale says, and if you're a, you know, a guy, okay, I'll take myself, for example, 2018, I was drinking a lot before I really got serious. I was 230 pounds. I was kind of a certified unit, but I was fat. Um, and when I prepped, I competed 167 pounds. Yep. So yeah, the scale said, Hey Kyle, you're a unit. Nope. I had about 70 pounds of fat on me. So no, it's crazy, man, because it's like, uh, you know, Laura, my own girlfriend, uh, Shout out to Laura. You're great, Laura. Laura. But, uh, you know, she competed for her first time, super stressed out, and was like, I think, 125 or something like that. And then, you know, now she's off-season, looks completely different. Body composition is completely different. And she's like three pounds heavier. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and it's like the muscle, like you just like compare the pictures, though, and it's like it's not even the same look. No. And – for, for a lot of people, it's hard to get past the scale because like you're told to use that as a tool, you know, you're told to use that in comparison with BMI. And a lot of people were just like, it, it, it's, it's hard to get an accurate number with just using scale weight. So like you said, pictures, uh, measurements, like using your waist measurement, your thigh measurement, your hips, those are so much better even like when I have a female that starts with me and, you know, she may be 250 pounds, uh, the scale like isn't going to change drastically, but their, you know, their, their pant size will go down four sizes. Right. Like, yeah, you know, take note of that. That's, that's progress. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and I think in our culture, everybody from a young age is kind of taught to tune into the scale weight because it's easy. It's just, it's a number it's black and white. And like, you know, the further you get into this, you realize, nope, that's completely wrong. So it's a tool, but it should just be used as a tool. Exactly. Uh, there's so many other representations of progress yeah. uh, that I think are more important uh, rather than a number. Exactly. A look is the most important thing. So if you are looking better, feeling better, you're healthier, that's so much better than, you know, loss on the scale. Yeah. Arbitrary digits on a machine on which you're standing that's exactly exactly crazy too you know like i I go to sleep sometimes you know and i have to eat a meal late yeah and i'll wake up early the next day and you know that's that could be a three pound difference Mm -hmm. like up three pounds yeah Uh, so you know you're you say you're in prep and you you know you get bad sleep or you wake up and you only sleep from 11 to 4 a.m and you check your scale weight and you're up two pounds that's not very accurate no, Mm-mm. it doesn't matter. You should just throw that number out the window and move on. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. And the people who are stressing over that scale weight don't understand that there are so many variables that go into that scale weight. Yeah, that's so. like that's me with coaching, man. I ask a lot of questions like that. You know, how's your sleep? How's your digestion? Yeah. Uh, are you stressed out? Like what, what's your schedule like right now? And those things play a role. You know, if, if a female's on her period, you know, she may be up four pounds of water weight. But does that mean you should go ahead and push her harder and change things and try to get her to lose scale weight? No, because it's likely going to be down in like four days. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why you need a good coach to keep you from going insane like that. All right. So we'll move on. Oh, here we go. Here we go. This is this is a good one here. All right. The million dollar question, Tyler. What is muscle muscle worship? Okay. This one's hilarious. I'm gonna have a background story in this if I don't know who it does follow or doesn't but uh so i i randomly got a message one day uh on instagram and 
I, I know a lot of my clients have gotten these a lot. Like I, I coach so many people that are very muscular and it, it's a common thing, but you'll get like a random message on Instagram and it's like, do you do muscle worship? <laughs> and it, it's like random, but recently it was like one guy and I guess he was just going through every single person I reposted or every follower I had. And I mean, if you had any muscle at all, you were getting a message. <laughs> and it was like, a lot of people messaging me and I, I made a joke and I was like, if you didn't get a mus message about muscle worship, then you're small, weak and frail or ugly. True. And people start hopping on that. They repost me, repost that they got a message. They're like, I made it. I'm not ugly and I'm not <laughs> small. <laughs> but people would then ask me, they're like, what is muscle worship? And I'm like, you know, I don't really fucking know. <laughs> so like I had to like really kind of I had looked it up and I, I did some research, which is hilarious. Don't look at my Google searches. Uh, but, you know, it's basically a person paying you to like caress and kiss and like love on your muscle. Uh, which, you know, like teach their own. That's not something I would personally pay for, but it makes you wonder, like, how much is that worth? Like. I, I think my biceps are worth a lot. You know, if you want to kiss and caress my biceps, I'm going to need some Benjamins. All about the Benjamins if you want to worship these biceps. That, that's my thoughts. And that's like, I, I, we, we joked about this, but I think it's a serious thing. Like, we, we should get that guy on here. And, I mean, he can pay us to be on here. And then it'd be good advertising because people, if they want to hit him up, you know, they can, you know, get their muscle worship. We can figure out, like, what the prices are. Yeah how much you should charge. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're, it's very interesting what people will pay for. Like I, I've had clients and I'll admit this and they'll tell me like, I paid for your coaching because I would send my dirty underwear off. And I'm like, well, shit. Okay, man. Well, like, <laughs> Hey, you do you bro. That's, that's fine. And like it, people will pay for fetishes. Yeah. Yeah. And the fetish is like, you know, we may not understand that stuff, but to somebody that's like, that's worth like thousands of dollars. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of, I did the same thing you did. I kind of looked it up after, and I just want everybody to know I have received tons of muscle worship DMs because I'm juicy. Okay. So just get, get that out there. Um, I've kind of, okay. I, so I know, actually I know a girl, right? I know a girl. Um, I met her like last year, cool girl, just a friend of mine. But she would have guys pay her. She would literally just like FaceTime them and like flex for them after they Venmoed her like 50 bucks. And she'd only do it for like five minutes. And I'm like, wow. Like, so like it's an OnlyFans for muscular girls. I like that. That's solid. Um, that's something I, I wouldn't be opposed to doing that. Yeah. Anybody listening, if you want to Venmo me 50 bucks, I'll flex for five minutes on FaceTime. FYI. Um, but a good way. I guess it's a good way to make money, man. Like it's, it's very interesting to me. I'm like, my thoughts are like, are different people worth different amounts of money? Like that, <laughs> you know, how, yeah. how do you decide it? Like, and me and Kyle joked about this and we're like, you know, put a pick stitch together of two different people. <laughs> and we're like, how much each of these were? <laughs> Kentucky muscle worship tournament. We could have a show and we could just get guys. <laughs> we could just start a whole enterprise with this but you know look guys if you're interested in being in this tournament maybe we'll have it soon just uh dm us and we'll uh get your name in the tournament if i don't win i'm gonna be upset i'm not gonna lie tyler 
shit, man. I mean, like, just imagine you got like a you know Shopify account, and you go on there, and it's like choose the Kyle Winter special, <laughs> and it's like, oh, this one's this one's two fifty for five minutes. And I don't like, know what the Kyle Winter special would be, but I can guarantee you it'll bring the house down. Okay. You know the thing is the amount of stories I've heard about things like muscle worship are very interesting. I mean, like the stuff people will pay for and stuff people will do for extra money. Like I saw, I saw a thing the other day and like only fans is big now. And there's actually quite a few people that are in the bodybuilding industry locally that have that. And you know, no, no judgment towards them because they're making money clearly. But I saw an article the other day and I was like, what the fuck? It was a, a girl who acts like a kinky puppy who has an OnlyFans where literally she just like eats eats dog food. Like, well, doesn't eat dog food, but pretends to eat like a dog sexually. And I was like, you know, like, so, so you know, that's $19.99 a month and you're, <laughs> you're subscribing to that. Like, okay, like, I mean, I imagine there's better ones, but is, is there aren't many people into that. If so, there's people into that, there's got to be a lot of people into muscle worship. Come on. Exactly. I mean, okay, so you got kinky puppy girl, you got bicep special, like it's like interesting. bicep specialist Kyle. Just well, this is it's just kind of weird to me though, because you know, you have imagine if it's like a, a in person meetup. Can so, you imagine a dude sucking on your bicep? No. Nope. So what kind of payment is for that? You know, because you know, right now you're saying nope. But, but that's a good question. <laughs> this is it. This is the main thing men talk about when we broach subjects like this. Okay, I'm going to ask you, how much would it take? I'm just going to set it at, okay, this guy's going to suck your bicep, and I'm just going to set it at $500. Would that be enough for you? Oh, uh, no, man. Like, I would, I, would have to have, I would have to have lore in the corner to, like, make sure it doesn't get weirder. Because, you know, they start sucking the bicep, and, like, I don't know if it's going to, like, move down to the forearm or something, you know. <laughs> to the – charge extra money when they get to the fingers like it's just like a little okay so let's 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 put it this let's let's put it this. so nothing happens it's just like two minutes of bicep suckage yeah well okay what's it gonna take 500 i don't know man at least like, I, I guess a couple thousand there i don't know my worth see we need to have that guy on there so we, we can know like the pricing for this I mean, look, I'm probably done muscle worship too. And you want to come on here? We can make you anonymous. We'll like distort your voice. We can interview you. <laughs> I want to fuck your biceps really bad. Yeah. I no, mean, you come on here and you're like really into this stuff and you want us to use you as advertisement. Like I said, guy that messages all of us, if you want to come on here and you want to be interviewed and we can talk about like what this involves, why you're into it, you're invited. Right. Open invite right here. Okay. Yeah. You can't come to my attic and suck on my biceps on camera. Um, but, but we'll advertise you. We'll, you know, we'll be like, you know, Marcus right here wants to, <laughs> to meet some some males with biceps. And you can, you know, we can get you, we get you going. Yeah, we're going to get you going. And yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just want to say that I would do it for $500. I would let a dude suck my biceps for $500 for two minutes. For two minutes. Okay. There we go. Kyle's price is five hundred dollars for two minutes. Two minutes. Nothing else though. That's it. After I set a timer on my phone, and I'm not going to get into it. I'm just going to sit there and look really upset about it the entire time. But five hundred two minutes. There we go. I just set the market for myself. 
Am I a whore? Maybe. Anybody wants to contact Kyle? <laughs> him on Instagram. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, you're gonna get like 40 messages after this release. God, like, what, what are we doing right now? Okay, next question. <laughs> next question, Kyle. Why are you a whore for muscle worship? That's not. That's not the actual question. Um, okay, we're gonna bring it down a notch. How many days a week is optimal for training? So, okay, here's here's the deal on this. Back in the day, I would train seven days a week like it was like nothing. Like I'd be like, I have to go to the gym. Yep. And if I didn't go to the gym, I'd feel like a piece of shit, and I was like weak. Anyway, that that has went down a lot yep. over the past ten years. Uh, and optimal to me now is four to five days a week. I personally do not do any more than five days. I, I find that I won't recover. Uh, my training sessions, I try to make them as hard as possible. So the extra recovery really does well. So I personally, especially when I, I have any client that you've seen of mine that is like, has a ton of muscle, it's normally four or five days and that's it. Um, I've tried everything. I've done six in prep, I've done seven in prep and I just think four to five is really all that's needed to achieve uh, optimal physique for competition, for weight loss, for anything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like you, of course, when I was younger, seven days a week, oftentimes twice a day, I need to get more work in because I didn't understand. That's the way to do it, man. But like, and, and I admit that that's, that's how I thought I was like, okay, well, the more I train, the more I'm going to grow. But what people need to realize, and I have to explain this because I, for, I forget a lot how much we probably know now uh, from just experience, but your your body grows when it's recovering, not when you're training. You know, when you're training, you're tearing down muscle tissue. So the more you train, the more you're tearing down. Yep. But whenever you let, you know, your CNS recover and you relax and rest and sleep and eat, that's how your body grows. So if you're only training four days a week and you're really pushing, I mean, you're nailing some sets, but then you have all that extra time to recover, your body just blows up. Yeah. And it's like people, I struggle to get even like, you know, 35 year old men to understand that. Like, Hey, you know, you're training too damn much and I'll knock them down to four days. And all of a sudden they're like, why have I never done this before? And it's sure like, right now. No, that's the yeah. thing. I, I think that for a lot of us, it's it's literally addictive, obviously going to the gym. It's like, you know, like I always joke, I need an actual hobby because all I want to do is lift. But like it, it it's very addictive and you have to you have to find someone who can kind of like sit you down and be like, hey, listen, here's why you need to do, you know, four or five days a week. I struggle. I usually do six days a week, even in the off season. And I know I should be doing five um, yeah. because I just – you know, I just, I love it so much. But last year during my off season, I did, you know, five days a week and I blew up. Obviously other variables were in there too. But um, like you said, like everybody wants to hammer home training. Like when you get on Instagram and you get on your favorite fitness account, it's all about training. It's not about rest. It's not about recovery. It's not about food. It's about train, train, train. Um, well, the thing I always tell clients, and this is a big thing, is like, because I'll, I'll have guys reach out to me and, you know, I write their training and that training is pretty hard if you do it right. But they'll be like, man, can I add an extra day or add an extra exercise? And I'm like, 
listen, man, if you feel like you can add an extra day or an extra exercise after doing that, you're not training hard enough or going heavy enough. You're not going hard enough. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and it's like people, then it kind of makes you think like, oh, well, you know, you're, you're not challenging yourself. No. So people people will go in the gym and they'll half ass every set and then, you know, they, they can work out six or seven days a week. And I, I know personally from experience, that's what I did when I was like 18 and 19. Yeah. And I'd be like, well, yeah, you know, I'd go in there and I'd do four sets of 10 on every random machine there was. Throw that junk ball you made, baby. Yeah. And cool. But when you're actually doing progressive overload and, you know, you're trying to hit a new weight on an exercise each and every time you do it, you come and tell me you want to work out six or seven days a week. Hell no. No, not happening. I the rest day, man. Like I'm like, thank God. Like today, today's my rest day. I, I've trained for the past two days and they've been hard sessions. And I woke up this morning. I'm like, thank God. I don't have to train. You know, thank like, God. I'm safe <laughs> from the torture today. Yeah. So yeah. that, That'll lead us right into the next question. I'll, I'll start it off. Um, and the question is, what is, this is a big question and we don't, this could, this could be, this could be fucking two hours. Um, but I just kind of nailed down the main points and I will too. What is your training philosophy? Okay. Um, for me, we kind of got into this already. I'm big on intensity. It's all about intensity and top sets. I'm a top set whore. Give me two top sets the last of which is to, to complete and total failure, move on. I like to do, just about on every exercise, I like to do a warm-up set. Easy weight, maybe 40 or 50% of my one rep max, and then I'll do a feeder set, um, and then we're going straight into the top sets. That's usually what I do aside from, you know, if, if I'm six weeks out, obviously it's going to change a little bit. But if I'm in a normal training phase, off-season, it's all about the top sets. It's all about that hard, heavy fucking compound movements that just make me grow. Because I am i know a lot of people don't believe in the ecto, meso, endo scale, but it's I'm, its hard for me to grow. You know, I have a smaller frame, um, and for me to grow, I have to hit my body with hard, heavy, intense workouts. And I can't just throw junk volume in like we were kind of getting into. A lot of guys – We'll go with the volume thing. It was a big thing back in like when I got into bodybuilding, of course, like Jay Cutler was huge. Um, and a lot of the guys back then did higher volume stuff. Okay. If you're Jay Cutler, you're probably going to grow from anything. Let's just say that. Um, but for me, it's all about, and we can go into mindset too, but it's all about getting to the gym, a hundred percent focus. Okay. I'm going to go in here. I'm going to execute. I'm going to do exactly what I'm supposed to do today and I'm going to work my fucking dick off on these top sets. That's it. Like if I do my second top set and I'm not say it's leg day and I do my second top set of squats, I better be falling down after I finish that set or it's not a top set. Um, and I think guys don't understand and girls don't understand intensity. They think they're going hard. Um, but until they train with somebody who does go hard, or has a coach come in and watch them and say, hey, you had six more reps in the tank. No, I was taxed. You weren't. So I think that people need to understand, like, it's easy to go on Instagram and say, I'm the hardest worker in the room. Seth Ferozzi, great guy. Um, but a lot of a lot of idiots have stolen that phrase from him. And yeah. if, you're wearing, if you're wearing that shirt and you're talking about you're, you're the hardest worker in the room, you're probably not. You don't have to talk about that. If you're the hardest worker in the room, everyone knows it. So – do your top sets, 
kill yourself on your top sets, fall the fuck down, and then get back up. That's my. That's what I like to do. That's the thing is like I've realized there's a there's a lot of hardest workers in the room that I could bury in the ground with a training session. Yeah, and it, it, those people don't want to do it though because they know. Yeah, they know down inside. But like my my training philosophy is kind of similar to yours. Uh, I like intensity. That that that's that's key there. But intensity to me, uh, in a little bit of a different way, is I don't count my warm up sets. Uh, I actually do not count starting my my sets until I get to a working weight. Mm -hmm. So, like, I may warm up with, say, we're doing an incline dumbbell press. I may warm up with 40s, then go to 60s, then 80s, and then 90s. And 90s will be my first working set. Yeah. And then I will go up from there. I may do my top set at 130s. Uh, and then, you know, that's that's my top set. And I try to keep it there. And I try to improve the next time. Um, so I maybe, like, let me ask you something real quick. Sorry to interrupt you. So do you like, do you prime your muscles on most movements like that? You know, do quite a few, I guess we can call them feeder sets. Uh, if you want to call them a feeder set, like on my warm up sets, I do like four or five reps. I'm okay. Like, I gotcha. Yeah. Like eight to 10. Okay. Uh, so it's more or less, you know, priming, like you said, I'm just trying to make sure that I'm not going to get injured. Uh, yeah. That's good. I'll up to that. Um, I like to do four to five exercises about four working sets each yeah. uh, that's about what i do on each day sometimes four exercises sometimes six depending on what i'm doing um and what i realized too is one thing that i've really had people grow well off of especially is volume but with heavy challenging weight yes thank you yeah. No, so I I just don't agree. Like I'll see a lot of people doing volume, and they think like, oh, I can use fifteen pound dumbbells for sets of twenty, and it's like, that's that's not what I mean. I'm talking if you're doing a incline dumbbell press, you should still be working from about eighty to one hundred percent, and you know using eighty percent of your max weight and doing a set of twelve to fifteen, right? Or even going to failure. So if like my max on an incline dumbbell press is 130s, then I'm going to try to do a failure set with like 100s or 110s. Right. I'm going to get as many reps as I possibly can. Yeah. That's um, the thing. Volume, you can do, it's always, should I, should I use volume or should I train heavy? Both. Do both. Exactly. And a lot of people don't get that. You know, like I'll, I'll put in a leg press set on some people's stuff that'll be like, 25 to 30 reps and they'll be like oh this is 25 to 30 reps so i should use one plate and i'm like hell fucking no you need to put on like six to eight <laughs> and you know what's that gonna do honestly maybe, one plate for 30 no. reps is not gonna help anybody it's pointless no, you need to really challenge yourself and get into a mindset and i, I post this a lot be afraid of your yeah. set like and it, it sucks because it, it's like I will have to put on like music I've never listened to outside of the gym and I will get in my mind and I'll be like putting on some angry death metal to to get a set to just snap myself out of being scared. Yeah, no, for like, for real, you have to. I, I did. I've done sets where I'm like I may injure myself, but let's fucking get after it. Let's go. Those are the. Those are I the might injure myself. I'm like, there's progress. You know, like it's great. He did it. I'm, I'm the same, but I'll put on like some emo. Like I was actually doing legs a couple days ago and my go-to song for a hard and heavy set. And I'm probably the juiciest dude who uses this song to really get, get after it. The scientist by Coldplay. 
So I'm sitting there and I've got seven plates on each side of the hack squat for my last set. And I'm like, all right, I really need to get fucking jacked for this set. What do, what do I need? I'm like, cold play scientist. Let's go. You, like you can do that. Like Laura will listen to podcasts while she's doing like five plates in the hack squat. <laughs> How did she do that? I saw that she posted stuff like that. The other day. I'm like, that's insane. We, cause you know, we have the garage gym, so we'll be training out there. And she's like, can I listen to my podcast? And she listens to like the, the podcast where it's about like, murderers and like death <laughs> and she'll be like it'll be like tommy killed his his wife and his child and she'll just be like repping out five plate on a hack squad and i'm like well i guess this gets her going like just motivated you know? what's going on right now but so, yeah, yeah i mean you can you can listen to cold play i have to listen to like lamb of god <laughs> well i'm like you know i i can't understand what they're saying or if i can i can't lift to it I just like to be in the hole about to cry. That's really my impetus for really getting the heavy weight up. That's what I need. Yeah. You might you know, see me pose to the scientist someday. Hey, I wouldn't be against <laughs> a very majestic song. I'm very I'm a I'm a very majestic man. I hope you all realize that by now. All right, so that's a good that's a good one. Let's move on. Okay. Very good question. Very good question. So, next one. This is big. I love this question because I think about it a lot. You and I were both – we both kind of started before IG took off. Um, so yeah. that's why this is interesting to me and also to you, I'm sure. So the question is, how do you think social media has affected bodybuilding? All right. So this is a big one to me because I coach a lot of people, and I, I see how much social media does affect people. Uh, so a little background on this. my And my own personal thoughts, uh, my last prep, I didn't even tell anybody I was competing until I was one week out. Uh, I and honestly, that was because I, you know, I coach over a hundred people at a time, so I didn't know if I could do it. Uh, and that's just honest. Like I didn't want to be like go tell everybody I'm prepping and then like get, you know. Shit. Oh, I lost connection. Hold on. Oh, you're good. That's all right. Very right. good. But uh. I, I was going like I just bought a new house. I you know I was going through a divorce at the time, which many people know about, and I was coaching over a hundred people, and I was like, "Can I do this?" So I didn't you know I didn't post because I, I my idea is like I should stay off of social media, and I see a lot of people sitting on there, and you know they'll look at their their hashtag for their competition, and they'll look at other people's edited pictures and they'll freak the fuck out. They'll be like, Oh my God, this person looks so good. And I'm like, just wait till you see what they look like on stage. Cause it's never the damn same. Never. You'll get, you'll see somebody on, on Instagram and they look like they're going to be first place and take the show and they get dead last. Yeah. Um, so I always tell people to stay off of it as much as possible. Uh, I don't post my training. I don't really post anything of myself. Um, I don't really even tell anybody I'm competing until I know that I'm on and get on stage. Yeah. And one, one thing I've noticed about you is like, I don't think you really post your training at all either. You're more, you know, you post your posing, yeah. which, which is you practicing. Right. Um, which I, I, I do the same and practice it, but like I never post it because I don't want people to know what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. So we, we actually kind of talked about this because you and I are total opposites when it comes to using social media for bodybuilding. So, yeah, and I don't 
my I want to post training videos, but I'm always in the gym and I'm like I'm reticent to ask someone like, "Hey, bro, can you record my set?" Because I feel like that's like disrespectful. Yeah. I hate it when somebody asks me to do that, so I don't do that. And I'm not going to take a tripod in and because we were talking about training intensity. If you're doing, <laughs> yeah, like if you're doing that, like it totally takes you out of. For me, it takes me out of the mindset. So that's why I don't really post a lot of training stuff. Like, you know, if I'm C bum and I have a videographer in there, yeah, I'm going to do it, but. You know, I'm not C-bomb yet. I'm like a thrifty nickel C-bomb at this point. Um, someday maybe. But, yeah, I for me, honestly, like when I started really getting serious in 2018, like obviously I went from men's physique to classic physique. So the posing is so much different. And, you know, yeah. you're actually yeah. posing. Yeah. <laughs> classic physique is all about posing. Like if you can't display your physique in classic, you're not going to do well, period, at any level, um, honestly. So – when I started, like, I'm not a good dancer, okay? I'm a shitty dancer. I've ever been a shitty dancer my entire life. I I sucked. I was a just a bad poser. Like, and if you go back and look at some of my pics, like, I'm posing and, like, my face is, like, like looks horrible because, like, I couldn't pose. So I started posting a lot, mainly in my posing, like, this kind of this past year, like, mid-2019, because for me, it kind of kept me accountable, like, you know, I have a coach. I have some friends who are into it. But when I put my stuff out there and I'm like, OK, I'm putting this out there. I'm just putting myself out there. Let's see what people think about it. It kind of holds me accountable to keep getting better. Um, so that's one of the reasons I do it. Also, like leading into a show, you know, like Dorian Yates used to go dark before the O, just like Tyler Betson goes dark before his shows. Um, for me, I kind of and this is. You know, this is just a mindset thing, kind of a comp the competitor in me. I want I want guys who I'm going to be going against to see what they're about to go up against because at this point I feel like I'm a really good bodybuilder, and I I do check I check like my competition and like yeah. I think about that when I'm lifting and I know that's probably a shitty thing, but like you know this last go. Do you use it as motivation or do you let it cause you anxiety? Like motivation, yeah. I don't exactly. let it cause me. That's great. Like, I agree with that completely. Like, if you look at it and you're like, man, this guy looks pretty good. I need to work harder. Yeah, that's awesome. But I have so many people where it'll be like, well, this guy's doing this show. So I don't know if I should or like this girl looks really good. I'm like, I don't give a shit what they look like. Like, <laughs> just keep working, keep training harder. And, that, and that's what yeah, like I do that. And I just kind of like to, you know, I, I feel like and I know that guys look at me too on there and I, you know, I'm not going on there and turning the structure on 100 and editing the shit out of my picks. So when you see me on stage, you're like, okay, like that's kind of what I expected a little bit. So I, a for good, me, do what? A good example uh, was uh, Shredder 21, uh, which is Chauncey. I remember, you know, he was competing last year and, and he was supposed to do Northern Kentucky. Yeah. And then he switched to Kentucky Derby and, you know, he looks phenomenal. It was, you can't touch him. And then I remember we posted, uh, Cody Nolan posted himself like six weeks out and looked pretty damn good. And I remember Chauncey told Cody, like, I worked harder because of you. Yeah. You know, and it's like, that's 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 the type of positive stuff from social media you can get. That's what it is. I got to fucking work harder. Like, I'm, imagine you with Corey on, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You guys certainly looked at each other's pages and, you know, you guys are super cool now. But it was motivation. Like, fuck, I want to beat this dude. Yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, yeah. And I, he, you know, 
I was definitely doing that with him because he's a little more seasoned than I am. He's done way more than I've done. Um, I think I'm close to where he is quality wise. I'm not there yet. I hope to be soon, but like, yeah, like knowing he was going into that show and was going to be fucking shredded out of his mind. Like I'm not messing up my cardio. I'm not messing up meals. I'm not going to go 90% on a set because I know what I'm about to go against. Yeah. That's that's the thing. It's like, I, I think that way is very positive, but I think a lot of people are using social media as more of a way to be like, I do bodybuilding or look at me. And it's not like, yeah, you know, it's turned into, there's a lot of people that honestly shouldn't compete. And that's just me being honest. And it's like the, the they may, they're, they're simply to be like, look at me. Yeah. You know, Cloud and it's not, it's not healthy. Honestly, it's like, you're not doing this because you love it. You're doing this to be like, get some likes and see who's on your side. And yeah. That's, if that's your that's, way of like getting, you know, positive reinforcement. It's probably not a good thing. No, you have to ask yourself like, okay, if social, if it was 15 years ago and social media wasn't a thing, would I still bodybuild? If the answer is yes, cool. If it's no, you probably need to reassess what you're doing. Yeah. Like back when I started, man, like I had just gotten an Instagram and I had like 40 followers and I, I went to University of Kentucky's gym. Nobody really knew who I was like, but I, I enjoyed it. I was like, this is cool. I like what my body can look like. And, yeah. you know, it was awesome. And a, a lot of the other kids at the actual gym would come up and ask me questions. You know, I never got really attention on social media, but I feel like so many people, you know, they post a picture just to get likes. And I've seen people delete a picture if it doesn't get enough likes. Yeah. Yes, I've, I've done that. I've done that two times. I'm gonna be honest. Like, See, what, like, am I ugly? No, and it's just like, I mean, it, it, it's Instagram, and you know, you post a picture a different time of the day, and you may not get likes. You know, it's in it, oh, but yeah. people that affect their mindset so much that it's just just unhealthy. And I, I just don't agree with you know, if you're in a prep for a competition, my honest belief is that you should never feel like taking a picture or filming your training mm-hmm. if you're lean enough you should not ever want to be like man i need to ask somebody to go take a picture of me or yeah. i want them to film this set because i feel like a piece of shit right i feel like i am weak i'm irritable the last thing i want to do is give somebody my phone to film a set of me or talk to them talk to like, them you say, no thanks no, like, so that, that's, that's just crazy to me. So I see some people that are so able to film their prep and maybe, I, I mean, I know some of them get their motivation from that. Like maybe they're like, oh, talking to that person in the gym, they come up and they tell me like, I look good or something, but I just can't imagine. I, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm the same. I, and like I said, like, look, if I'm a freaking top 10 IFBB pro and I can afford to have somebody come film my stuff and make, you know, make some money or grow my yeah presence with that that's one thing but if you're a local if you're an amateur competitor and you're taking time out to do those things you're probably not focusing enough so i and i'm like you like there was a there's a new netflix documentary i actually watched it a couple days ago it's called like the social media something it's 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 on the top of netflix but it was kind of like a referendum on social media in our society today and you know watch it's so good i watched it um 
phone now. Yeah, and it, it's it, it's very damning because I feel like you know you see your screen screen time on your phone, and you're just, I look at mine, I'm like I hate myself. What am I doing with my life? But yeah, I I'm like you, man. Social media it can be used for good for competitors, but you got to be careful because it can mess you up. And I know a lot of I'm not going to name any names, but I know a lot of guys and girls who are just using it to chase clout and just be a part of a community and they don't even love it. So if that's you, again, I'm going to say it again. I said it first. I posed the question. It's the year is 2002. There is no social media. MySpace isn't even around yet. Are you still going to be a bodybuilder? Are you still going to train? That's the thing, man. Like, uh, I wish I only have social media because I have a business. Right. And I always do that all the time. Like if I, if I didn't run built by bets and LLC and I wasn't a coach, I would not be on there. And it, it honestly annoys me. Like, <laughs> no, I know. And, and I try to stay as active as I can because you know, that's what I do for a living. But God, man, like I've had so many people get upset over stuff on social media like I, I've had I've had a client leave because I couldn't I wouldn't repost them and I'm just like I don't even see half that shit man like <laughs> I'm not your pimp I don't see it I don't it, it's fine yeah. I'm sorry yeah no, but it it's it's definitely social media to me and in closing on this is kind of like I think it's caused m some good effects for growing the sport like for example, like uh, Ben Quill Marini runs the Kentucky Bodybuilding page, which I think is great. great you know man. that brings a lot of people together, like tells you about the athletes and gets more people interested. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think for like personal pages, like a lot of people spread false information. Uh, they make it out like you can stay lean year round, and it just makes it kind of not real. Yeah, I agree. I completely agreed. Make bodybuilding yeah. real again. Mega hat. All right. That, that was a good, that's a good one. So we'll go into the next one. Okay, this is a really good question. Um, what makes a competitor ready for the national stage? I'm gonna I'll start with this because I literally just went through this this year. Um so I had originally this year, before COVID and all the craziness happened, I was kind of on the fence about maybe doing a national show this year. Um because I just I I was kind of under the impression as a competitor that I could probably go to a national show and finish maybe 10th to 12th. And that's about as good as I could do. Um, and then COVID happened and my first show got canceled a week out. So I went into kind of a, a kind of a reverse in the growth phase. And I really I really nailed everything. I blew up and I was looking really good um, going into this August show, which I finished second to Corey Young, who finished third um, at Junior USA's. So. After the the show, the Indianapolis show, I had to be honest with myself and I had to ask myself like, okay, this national show is in 12 days. Should I go? Should I pack it in and get ready for next year? Um, and to me, and I always said until I win an overall, I'm not going to go to a national show. Now that, as you know, you were at that show, that show was stacked. Um, oh, there's I was regional show like <laughs> was insane. so there's already a in the overall winners there's already one pro daquan he turned pro um 
And then Big Jayhawk, he's going to obviously be pro. And then Corey's probably going to be a pro too. Your boy, our boy Austin Brown, he's going to be a pro someday. He was in that show. That show was insane. So I'm kind of asking myself, and I looked really good. I, the judges gave me really good feedback. Um, so I had to ask myself, like, okay, is there anything I can do in 12 days? I was 10 pounds under my weight cap. Um, and I know we just went over how the scale doesn't matter, but 10 pounds is a lot of muscle to put on a structure. Um, so I had to decide with, you know, my coach, like, Hey, what are we going to do? Do I want to go roll the dice down here or do I want to pack it in? And I was honest with myself and I packed it in because, you know, I could have probably gone to juniors and finished in the top 10, maybe. Okay. What's that get me? You know? Does it get me the pro card? I wasn't going to win a pro card down there. Um, so personally, I wasn't ready yet. And you guys can look at my Instagram. You guys who know me, like I'm a really fucking good classic physique bodybuilder. Um, and I still wasn't ready to get my pro card. So I was honest with myself. Now, maybe if it was me last year, I probably would have been delusional and gone for it. Um, but I've learned a little bit. And, you know, I think... I think you need to win at least a couple of your classes in a couple of shows or an overall. And you need to really know like, Hey, I can win my card here. It's not a matter of like, yeah, there's a 20% chance I could. I feel like you need to be a legitimate threat. Yeah. See that that's like me and you, like I'm not your coach, but I'm your friend. And after that show, I was extremely honest with you, you know, yeah. yep. and that, that's, that's what, that's what people need. And I feel like a lot of coaches, even with their own clients, aren't honest, man. It's like, it's crazy to me because you got people that are placing, you know, second to last at a regional show, and then they're going and doing nationals. And I'm like, that's that's wasting money. That's literally wasting money. And then, of course, you know, they go to nationals and they get last call outs. And it's like, that that's a, people don't fuck around at national level shows. No. Like you don't get anybody that's really slacking, yeah. And if they're slacking, they're already a genetic freak too. So it's like, God, you're you're not going against your run of the mill regional competitors. Yeah, everybody is stacked. Everybody is has worked their ass off, and they're wanting to become pro. Right, that's their main goal. They didn't just say, "I'm competing to compete." They're not transformation like weight loss people. They're like the ringers. They're coming. They're coming in. Yeah, so I I believe that unless you have placed at least top two in your class, and that's even, you know, saying it like, for example, with you, you went against Corey, who is a national level competitor. That's fair. Uh, and then, you know, Austin went against Jayhawk, who is a future pro monster. Uh, so, you know, th those are fair reasons. But if you would have gotten third, or like Austin would have gotten third, I would have been like, hey man, you need to take another year to grow. Yeah. And even you, you know, you knew that you could go to nationals and possibly pace top 10. But why why waste that time when you could grow and then come back and you know potentially get top two? Yeah. That that's the thing. It's like it's almost like a waste of time. And these people spend these extra weeks in prep to get a disappointing placement. Yeah. Waste more money. And it's yeah. just like we talked about this earlier, kind of with training. Like, I don't know about you guys, but when I'm in prep, I'm ready to get the fuck out of prep. I'm ready. Because <laughs> if you're doing the way you should be, you shouldn't be. It's not enjoyable those last few weeks at all. So you're, you can't grow. 
you're barely able to train. The the training is like, you know, trying to keep muscle mass. Uh, you feel like no energy. You're, you just feel like shit. Yeah. So you're, you're more than ready, but it's like, why waste more time no. and money and do a national show whenever you did not place well at your regional? Like, like I said, the, the, the MPC has the rules set up regularly. Like I know this year they gave a lot more leniency. Like they allowed top five. Right. Which I'm in my opinion, that was for them to get more money and get more people entering yeah. more opportunities for people, which is cool. You know, there weren't many shows this year, so there weren't many options before nationals. Yeah. But then you had these people showing up there and it was like, you know, you're getting second to last or dead last. And it's like, and you, but in your regional show, you placed, fifth and it's like what do you, you go yeah what do you expect that's the thing and that's a lot of i always and i always i always feel like i rant about this but it's it's it comes down to like in this sport there's a lot of delusion and a lot of personal delusion like everybody starts out and you'll see it in people's bios future ifbb pro stuff like that okay okay cool hey i wanted to be a future nba player this is not my jersey this is dennis rodman's jersey but you know, like it's just it boils down to being honest with yourself. And like you said, like if you need to grow, grow like this is a long game. If you're going to be a good bodybuilder, unless you're a genetic freak, which there are plenty of genetic freaks. Um, I'm not I'm not I have good genetics. I'm not a freak, um, but it's all about being patient and playing the long game. I think next year I can be a legitimate threat for a pro card. Um but it wasn't going to happen for me this year. So I was honest. I got the fuck out of prep and I started growing. So I think really what I like to tell people, if you, if there's any question in your mind, like if you have to wonder, are you a national level competitor? You're not. And it, it puts you in a perspective too, with people that aren't pro yet. And it kind of, you look at them and you're like, that's not a fucking pro. Like, yeah. You know, for example, like we had we had Sean Smith around here. I'm sure you know who Sean Smith is. Unit. And he, the first show he ever did was the same show I did. And he got overall. Yeah. And then he went to go try to become pro. First time he tried, he lost against Chris Bumstead. <sighs> yeah. And you know, and then he tried the next time, and uh, I forget who he lost against that time, but it was like some guy from like, uh from from Europe or something like that that was making like a documentary about himself and then he finally became pro second to Hunter Labrada. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, he's not pro. I'm um, you're looking at this guy and you're um, to me I'm like oh my god, he's not pro. Like like Nick Walker recently, you know, he just became pro. Just became a pro. Yeah. These are the levels of guys that are competing at those shows and some of them aren't pro yet. Yeah. It's so a really perspective like Okay, you, you just got third place at your your local bodybuilding competition. And you you were super heavyweight, and you're gonna go against Nick Walker. Nope, I'd probably stay home. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Yeah, I think we will, and I don't know. Someday we'll probably talk more about pro bodybuilding. I think Nick Walker can win the Chicago Pro. I think that's how good he is. I, I want to see him against some of those guys on stage. I, I agree. Uh, I agree. I think I think he's good, but like he's going against. I think Rami's doing that show. Is Rami which, gonna do it? That's that's what that's what he said in that podcast, which I'm curious because like I just want to see what he looks like against somebody else because like he went against uh what's the guy's name Bundy at he nationals and Bundy, yeah. 
according to my opinions, like he should be pro. Yeah. Uh, so that's a good guy to go against. And then he went against Nate Spear, who was just like always conditioned in inside eight. out. Yeah. So he went against two guys that were two different spectrums. One's like just fucking huge, and one's like inside out condition. Yeah. He beat them. But when you're going against a guy that's been pro for like years. Yeah, big big Rami for God's – yeah, I, I'd love to see him in, against Rami. We'll see. That's what I'm excited about because that's really going to say – like I'm, I'm not going to say that he can do it or can't do it. I just want to see first, like what does he look like against that caliber of an athlete? Yeah, the top pros. Yeah, which uh, which I think he can place uh, – I think he can place top 15 at the Olympia fight yeah. or 12, uh, maybe even top 10. I don't think he's gonna. When he's already, he's admitted to that, which I thought was pretty cool. He was like, "I'd like to place top ten the first time," which I, that's a fair goal. Yeah, Jesus, first wow. Olympia, that's incredible. And that, that was 25, really cool. 25 or twenty six. Yeah, if that. Yeah, yeah. he's young. Yeah. He's like three or four, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay, we'll go to the next question first. I'm going to ask you this. So we'll do a show about this later. Who do you who do you think wins the Olympia and Open this year? Just oh shit! I think Phil's gonna win it. Man. Phil is absolutely gonna win one hundred percent. I think coming back for the win. I, I I'm curious to see because it's stacked though, man. Like you got Flex Lewis in this one, which I'm. I don't know if you saw that picture you the other day. He looks like a, just a different human. He looks Flex, like he put on sixty pounds. His face like expanded. He's huge. And then if Hottie can come in, I mean, you got him. And then Hottie with his Hulkamania mustache. Yeah, he looks like Hulk. Now it's crazy. But it, it, it's so stacked that it's just ridiculous. But I do think Phil's going to take it. I agree. I agree. Okay, we'll move along. All right, question eight. Okay, this is a great one. Love this one. Is it okay to hit on girls at the gym? All right. No. Here, here's the thing. is like, okay, as a coach, and I have so many female clients, they're there to train, like, just as much as you are. Yeah. So – they, they don't want to be bothered. Uh, it, it's okay to say like hi and passing, but like I've literally had girls tell me like crazy shit dudes will do to talk to him. Like my, my, one of my good friends uh, and clients told me that his girlfriend was lifting the other day and she was doing like shoulder press. And the guy literally took the weights out of her hands and was like, these are too heavy for you and put them back for her. And I was like, what the fuck? So guys just get weird with it, man. Like they, they, they offer unsolicited advice uh, and girls don't like that. They don't want to be bothered. They're there to train and they train harder in many occasions than the guys at the gym. I'm going to kind of lie. Like I, I think females train harder than males. Uh, I think a lot of the guys are there just to be like, I'm, I'm here to look good and then go to the bars later. Yeah. And I think that the proper time though, is if you catch them, like, leaving the gym you know if you if you're like walking out at the same time and you're like can think of something to say off the top of your head that gets them to respond hell yeah yeah uh, but i'm also i have a few clients you know that have started relationships and friends that started relationships at the gym by simply going up and being like hey do you want to work out sometime right they, they don't flirt with them just yeah but you want to train together tomorrow? Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's the thing. Just don't be weird. Don't be weird and don't interrupt workouts. For me, like, okay, I'm going to be honest. When I was younger in my, you know, early 20s, I was guilty of trying to hit on girls at the gym. And guess what? Failure every time, just about. Um, because I was being fucking weird. Like, 
it's just what I do, what I like to do, and I tell everyone, do this. When you go to the gym, I know it's difficult to do, guys, but don't look at it as, oh, that's a man. That's a female. You're all just there to train. You're all just lifting. So lifters, okay? Like, yeah. don't treat the women at your gym any differently than you treat the men at your gym. Just show everyone respect. Don't stare. Don't interrupt their sets. Don't talk to them. Like, just have decent gym etiquette. And guess what, guys? If you're in the gym fucking killing it, and you're not being weird and you're just staying in your own lane, girls are going to notice that if they want to. Um, and they'll find a way to talk to you. They'll find a way to get into your DMs. You don't have to do anything, guys. If you want her to be interested, maybe shoot her some eye contact. Maybe wave. That's it. That's all you got to do. Don't be weird. That's the biggest thing is I've all, I will tell every guy this right now. Girls know when you're staring at them. Yeah. But they, they can tell and they will think you're a creep. And if they like you, they will pursue you. You'll know about it. Exactly. Just They're, they're not going to – they'll find a way to contact you or make it clear. Yeah. But I see so many that, like, will go up to girls at the gym, and it's, like, bothering them. Like, it's, it's like interrupting their workout for 15 minutes or offering unsolicited advice, offering to spot them on a squat, and – it's just like she probably doesn't need your help. Bench press. I don't know if you ever see this in your when you go to a gym. When I go to gyms, if a girl has a forty-five on each side of the bench press, almost always there's a dude that's going to go in there and, and try to, you know, without her asking, try to spot her. That's a little too much weight for you. Don't, guys. Don't, don't, guys. Please, I'm begging you guys. Don't disrespect the women at your gym, and you're not entitled to any of her time. She's there for herself. She's there to work out as you should be. So just guys be chill about it. Offer a glance. If she wants to get to know you or know who you are, she'll figure it out. Are we in agreement there? Exactly. 100%. Like you, you should, you should try to find a way, like if you're really interested in somebody, find a time when they're not training, like, when they're about to leave and they're, you know, if they're sitting up at like, I know at LAC they have like tables and stuff like that. If they're sitting there and they're not training, be like, Hey, what's up? You know, or good workout today. Like just try to start a conversation. But if they're literally in the middle of a set or like resting in between and you go up there and you're like, Hey, my name's Travis. Like <laughs> dude, fuck off. I love, I love <laughs> the random names you're coming up with. There's like Marcus, Travis, Hey, sorry, Travis. Is there any like Travis I know or Marcus is like nothing against you all? You guys are you're not you guys. <laughs> okay. All right, so we're in agreement there. What about okay? So this is this is a little different. It, it's it's kind of a double standard. So we're basically telling guys chill the fuck out. We're telling girls like, hey, ladies, if you're into a guy at the gym, just let him know. So I think that's the best way to do it in the gym because guys in the gym can come off as like predatory. On I think so because mm -hmm. it's like. We're jacked up, we're ready to go. Our test is jacked up. So yeah, just just chill, guys. Chill. Let the women chase. Awkward, dude. Like a lot of dudes in the gym that train are just idiots. Like it's like they forgot how to communicate with female in a proper way. So like the, a girl will talk to them and they're just like, uh fuck. Like, I don't know what to do. Uh, uh. It's okay. Like, That's good. Be uh, That's a big thing. Be yourself, unless you're a dickhead, and then don't. Yeah, don't even talk to them. Don't even talk to them. All right. Okay, here's a good one. Tips for anyone going into their first prep. Oh, shit. 
Just, uh, and not, I guess we don't just hit on like four or five really good ones. Okay. Uh, be prepared to have low energy. Um, stay away from trigger foods. Like be, be very open with your coach. Like I had a girl just recently start with me, bikini girl from Florida. And she, I put peanut butter in her diet and she was like, Hey, I can't do that because I can't control myself. And I was like, thank you for telling me. Yeah. Uh, but, but if you don't tell your coach that stuff, like you're going to have issues. Yeah. Um, communication is key. If you do have a coach, like talk it, even if you don't think it's something that needs to be mentioned, mention it. Like people get so scared to mention to me, like they, they can't shit. And I'm like, well, that'd be really nice to know. It's hard. It's, it's hard. The hardest thing you'll ever do in your life. Like I, I, it's bodybuilding contest prep. If you do it correctly, will be the biggest challenge you have ever done. Right. And if you, if you've done one, you will agree with that a hundred percent. If you've never done one, you'll be like, what the hell? But it, it's hard and it's supposed to be hard. And my, my last thing, if you feel like you're dying, you're doing it right. Good job. It's crazy. But like, I will have clients literally like, I'm going to pass out. And I'm like, well, that probably means you're lean enough. And it's like, not what you want to hear. Yeah. But I, it's, it's, it's the hard, it's so hard and it's for crazy people. So when you're actually doing it correctly, you will be just like awoken. Like, it's like, holy shit. Like, I didn't know that it was going to be like this. My first prep, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And I'm sure you can agree with that. Like it, it, insane i remember i was doing two hours of cardio a day i was on keto uh i was going to university of kentucky and I, I thoroughly remember this but like i would get done with my second hour of cardio post training and i had another class in the biology building so the johnson center which is our rec like our gym was maybe about a half mile or like uh. a little under from that to the the Thomas building, which was the biology building. Well, I was walking there one day and I got about halfway and my legs just gave out. Just done. I was like I couldn't walk. I was like, I couldn't fucking do this. And I sat on this bench for about an hour and a half and didn't go to that class that day. I had a buddy and I was like, Hey, I can't make it. Please get the notes for me. But it was that hard that I sat there for an hour and a half until I could like eat my next meal to muster yeah. up enough energy to get back to my truck to drive home. Yep. And I mean, like it, it's, it's go, you, you give me give, give some tips too. And I'll feed off you. Cause it's, That's, yeah. I mean, for me, the biggest thing, and, and this is just, I'm kind of looking at this from my first prep to the most recent prep when my most recent prep, like I fired on all cylinders, I was hundred percent. So the biggest thing for me guys is, plan your time like you have to block off your time because you know most of us have jobs a lot of us have wives and kids and everything like if you're going to do a prep and you're going to do it right you have got to block times to do everything you need and it's not just you know the training or the cardio or the food like i would block time to get up in the morning before cardio and get ready like okay i need 15 minutes to be ready so i can be doing cardio at this time like you have to be so regimented with your time to get the most out of it and you have to be on a schedule if it's possible like 
it, that's just the biggest thing. You have to know how to schedule your time um, and use it wisely. So that's the biggest thing. And kind of like you, your central nervous system is not going to be what it normally is when you're feeding it. <laughs> like, and that when you're driving for me, like I commute to work. So I drive a lot during the week. Like when I'm in prep, I have to focus on my driving and I'm pissed off. And that's another thing. Like you're going to be upset and it's not from the supplements. Like everybody thinks it's from the lack of food and the lack yeah. of energy. Yep. So you've got to kind of be, you got to go into prep. You can't have a crazy, and I know you've spoken about this, like when you were in your last prep, like you had a crazy life changes going on. That's not optimal. Um, if you can, you have to control your life and you kind of just have to steady the ship, per, so to speak, um, because that's the best way. Like the less stress you can have, the better your prep's going to be, obviously. Um, so, you know, meditation techniques. I'm kind of, I can be angry at times. So when you're going into a prep, you need to make sure that anger's at a low level. You need to make sure your relationships are as good as they're going to be at the point because when you're prep, your relationships are going to get worse. They oh, just yeah. with everybody too. That's the thing, man. Like I'll, I'll feed onto that because that's a big one for me is remember that you chose to do this, right? Like nobody's forcing you to do this. And I, I tell this, I, I make this analogy all the time. It's like, it's like prison, but you can leave. Right. Like if you want to, like nobody's telling you, you can't eat that Snickers bar, but if you want to go eat 14 Snickers, you can do it at any time, but you're not going to win. Right. So it's literally like a prison, but you can leave. So I always tell people this and it's like, and, and I family and anybody that supports you, like significant other wife, kids and all that, be nice to them. Like I, I remember, and I've grown a lot from this, but like my first prep, I was kind of a dick. Like I was, you know, I was hard to be around and I, you know, I would let people know, like I was just an ass, but this most recent prep, you know, my parents would come over to help me like hang something in the house or, you know, give me something to hang up. Like they're just trying to be around, but they would, you know, stick around like parents do. And instead of getting upset, you know, I would be like, Hey guys, I want to be left alone right now. I'm just not feeling too good. I, I'm not trying to be rude to y'all, but can you please go? And they would be like, thanks for letting us know. We appreciate that. And, you know, after the show was done, I took them out to a dinner and I, I thanked them for understanding. But a lot of people will let their whole relationship and like push away every close friend they have. And it's just like, you can't do that. Is it worth that? You have to ask yourself, is it worth that? And I, you know, when I'm in prep, I'm, I'm, I'm really big into mindfulness. Um, I am more mindful of all of my actions and reactions in any sort, whether I'm at work dealing with the public, whether I'm dealing with my parents or, you know, a girlfriend or friends, like when someone says something to me before I react, I think, okay, how should I react to this in a gracious, normal manner? without letting my prep brain just fire off at somebody. Um, so just, yeah, that's, that, that's my biggest tip. Be mindful of your thoughts and your actions and just understand, like you said, you're choosing to do this. Yeah. Do you want to do it? Okay. It, do you not want to, it, if it's going to affect your life in such a negative way, should you be doing it? No, probably not. Exactly. Final thing too. And I have a lot of people that try to do this and, uh, be careful trying to start 
new relationships when you're in a prep. Yeah. Uh, it's not you. You're, you're not the same person. Like you may think like you're in a good mood and stuff like that or but people aren't going to understand like if you if you're if you're trying to date somebody and you're 6 weeks out, they're going to be like why the hell can't we go out to eat? Right. It, it's super selfish and it's hard to explain but you're not going to be able to go out to eat. You're going to have low energy. You're going to be irritable and they're not going to understand it. No, not. And it's, it's like nobody in their right mind is going to be like, okay, well this is cool. Like this is great. I love eating chicken and rice and just staying in and going to bed at 9 PM. This is amazing. I love it. Like nobody's going to get that shit. So it's like, I always tell people like I've had, I've seen so many preps ruined by a relationship starting. Yeah you know, during a prep and it it can change your whole mindset because you'll be fighting and you'll be arguing. And then all of a sudden you're like, why the fuck am I doing this? (laughs) And and again, that just goes into like, Hey, maybe it's better to just date within the industry if you're going to be serious about it. But again, that's a whole, that's a whole other can of worms. We will open at some point. Okay. Last, last question. This one's easy. We'll just fire off a few each. Um, common mistakes you see people making at the gym. Uh, and there are so many, so let's just not, <laughs> let's just cover the top ones. People, people loading up too much weight and doing uh, quarter reps. That That's the most common, like ego is a big thing in the gym and I see it all the time. And you, what's the thing is I've realized you can't tell those people anything. No, like, no. I, I've tried to be nice before and be like, hey, man, maybe you should, you know, lower the weight by half and actually, you know, go down all the way. And they're like, I've been doing this for 15 years. And I'm like, well, OK, that's why you look. You look great, same. bro. Awesome. But yeah, lower, don't be afraid to lower the weight and really execute a movement. Uh, I always tell people this. The body does not know how much weight it's lifting. It's how you're controlling it. So if you're not fully using your range of motion, then you're not going to get much out of a movement. Uh, So that's number one for me is don't ego lift. Nobody gives a shit how much you're lifting, honestly. Let's talk. I just want to interject here. I saw a guy yesterday doing lat pull downs. And at the end of the movement, his body was literally horizontal at the end of the movement. All the time. And it's just like, and I'm like, what do you and then their back's like the smallest back in the gym. And it's I want like, to be like, hey, bro, how are you doing more weight than I am on that? And my back is twice your size. It goes to delusion, man. People think they're the biggest guy in the gym. Uh, I mean, there's a guy at LAC that uh, I'm the hardest worker in the room and, you know, does half reps on everything, loads up the weight. And, you know, somebody's literally lifting off every single rep for him. Yeah. And it's like nobody, nobody thinks you're cool. You know, no. everybody's. Everybody's silently making fun of you. We like, all think you're a douchebag. Stop it. You're just an ass. Like, don't be afraid to humble yourself. Yeah. Like, I got my greatest progress whenever I've dropped the weight and learned how to do movement correctly. Like, back in the day, I did squats and, you know, I got up to like 500 on a squat for like one rep. And I was like, oh, cool. I got it. But it looked like fucking shit. Right. And then my legs never really grew. And then I, you know, I restarted my squat completely because my knees were so fucked up. And I started right back down at 85 pounds or 95 pounds. And that's where I built back up from. But, you know, I do all my reps executed perfectly. I never gave a shit what people thought. And I moved all the way back up. And 
my legs exploded from that. I tell people all the time, I say, it's, it's funny because 10 years ago, I could squat twice the weight I can now, but now my legs are four times bigger than they were back then. Because you, you realize nobody gives a shit at the gym what you're doing. No. I've never sat there and watched somebody unless they're doing something stupid. Right. Like if I if I see a guy doing 225 on a bench press and he's doing like perfectly executed reps, I don't notice. But if I see somebody doing 405 on a bench press and they're doing half reps, I'm like, wow, what a dumb fuck. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> We're judging exactly. you. I've never cared about the guy, you know, executing reps. I've always thought negatively and judged the person doing ego lifts. Yeah, I don't care if a guy's doing 135, he's a noob, and he's crushing, he's executing 100% reps with 135. Great, cool. Like, I'm I'm with you, bro. Like, keep killing it. Like you said, guy throws 405 quarter reps, stop it. Stop it. Get some help. Yeah. That's what I do. Uh, what else with the gym in general uh make sure eating food before and after you train uh, that's a simple one but it's like I, I see so many people and they're like not getting any results and then they don't eat before or after they train and it's just like what's the point of even going to the gym if you if you don't eat yeah no fuel in the car bros and then uh what is it I had one on the tip of my tongue. Don't go to the gym without a plan. Yes. That, that, that's one thing I always see people do because like they'll show up at the gym and they have no idea what they're supposed to be doing today. So they make it up off the top of their head. Like at least have a split in your mind. Like no, like, okay, Monday's back day, Tuesday's legs or, and then have an idea what you're supposed to be doing. Because if you go in the gym and you're just like, wake up late on a Thursday and you're like, well, I guess I'm going to go ahead and do arms today because I feel like that. And then, you know, you like do he's a redneck automatically. He's got to be. Yeah. Well, well, don't do well, some arms. Well, I'm going to go get some of them bad well bicep curls in there, boy. Yeah. Next thing, too, don't do steroids until you know how to eat and train. Yes. Bro, I, I had a guy – and I hope he listens to this podcast. He probably won't, but he came, he came into the office one time. This is probably about three years ago. And he's like, want to start with me for coaching. And then he proceeds to tell me that he's on a gram of test, a gram of DECA, 700 grand, uh, 50 D bowl, hundred Anadrol. And he looks like a fucking muffin. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I thought he was natural, dude. I thought he was just a kid, yeah. but I'm like, you know, and I was probably sound like an asshole, but I'm like, you are? Like, what? Really? What? Yeah, but, you know, and then he's talking about how he's going to go eat Wendy's post-workout and how he's in a bulk, a perma-bulk. And, a perma-bulk. And then, you know, his his training, you'd watch it, was literally like three sets of bench press for four reps with, like, super heavy weight, and then he would sit there in between sets for 25 minutes. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, don't don't do that. You know, like make sure your training and your nutrition has some sort of baseline before you ever even touch like creatine. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think that's a that's the biggest thing. I you know, I'm old. I'm old now. So I get to I, you know, there are kids who I'm almost old enough to be their fathers in the gym now. So, you know, that makes me feel terrible about myself. But 
they're all they're asking me questions because I'm kind of like an OG to them, and they look up to me because I look halfway decent. But they're all, they will always ask me, 19, 20 year old kids, like, hey man, like, what do you think about me, like maybe starting some gear or something? And every time, and guys, as a bodybuilding community, I feel like this is our job. You've got to tell those kids no, like you're not ready. You are not ready. You have not even begun to peak naturally. You don't know how to eat. You don't know how to train. You don't know anything right now. You want to get from A to B as quickly as possible. It's not as nothing you take is going to get you there, anabolics or otherwise. So, eighteen-year-old kids come to me, man, and it's like I, I'll tell them not to use gear because they don't need it, and I'll coach them and I'll make them grow not using anything, just using yeah. food and hard training. And then they'll leave me for another guy that told him like, hey, man, I'm going to put you on some gear. And then they fucking look like trash. And then they ruin their internal systems for the rest of their lives. And then they never get good on stage. Like, it drives me crazy because I'm like, I'm trying to do everything right. And I'm like, okay, let me let me make sure this kid's like taken care of. And it's always some random dude. And they're always like offering to coach for free or like. And then it's just like. All right, man, we're gonna put you on test deca and bowl. And I'm like, fuck, man. <laughs> Bro, he was born after 9-11. Okay, it's not time for that. Jesus Christ. So yeah, that's having integrity. Let's someday we're gonna talk about having integrity in bodybuilding because it's important and there's not much of it. That's one big thing I've stood by with like coaching for since I've started. And I see a lot of people post like some contradictory things too, where it's like if you have your your girl do this, and I'm like, motherfucker, I've seen your cycle. Like, you do that. <laughs> That's what you do. Be honest with yourself. Yeah. I think, and I'll kind of, I'll one of my big things about like common mistakes in the gym, especially now, and we've kind of gone over it, is is phones. Like, guys, put your phones down. Most of our headphones now are wireless. Um, if you don't have a wireless head, just put it in your pocket because you are wasting time on your phone. It's completely taking you out of the entire workout. Your mindset cannot be good if you're interrupting it constantly by hopping on Instagram or texting your girlfriend, anything like that. I will literally like be, when I, when I trained at LAC, I would see be sitting in the office, you know, waiting on a client and right in front of that office window is all the free weight benches and all the free weights. So there's like seven free weight benches. Yeah. More times than not, I would look down that row and every single person would be on a bench and they'd not be doing a set, but they'd be looking down at their phone. Yeah. I'm like, holy fuck. It's so- and I mean, like, there were some times where I would take a client in there through like four sets before a person would do one. Yeah. And why are you even there? Right. You're wasting time. Like everything that's going to be on your phone is going to be there after you finish your workout. I promise. Candy Crush. You don't need to be playing Candy Crush. No kidding. Clash of Clans. I see people like playing Clash of Clans. Like, fuck, man. Like, do do your workout. And then, like, I'm not. I'm the nicest person at any gym. Like, I'm super respectful, kind. But I've literally went up to some people and I'm like, "Are you done playing Candy Crush yet?" (laughs) (laughs) It's like makes you realize, like, oh shit, I've been sitting here playing Candy Crush for 23. And, and with with that goes, and I, I feel like I'm picking on younger dudes. I'm not. You guys are great. I was a younger dude once. Luckily, I didn't have Snapchat, or I would have done some horrible things with it. Um, but, guys, you don't have to get on Snapchat. You don't have to get in front of the mirror, raise your shirt up, and take mirror pics in the gym. You don't have to do that. 
Um, you don't have to find the prop. I see guys in my gym all the time and they're trying to find proper lighting to take a selfie between sets during their workouts. And I know what they're doing. We all do. And I'm just like, how are you doing this? How can you have the, the have some respect for yourself? Just again, put the phone down. Next time I see a guy at my gym trying to snap his girl, I'm going to get behind him, pop my shirt off and hit a front double buy. Okay. So I'm just telling you guys, just don't do yeah. that. Just the only pictures I take of myself are progress pics. That's like I always tell people that nothing else matters. If uh, I'm having a good hair day, you know, maybe I'll post up on a bench and, you know, snap one pick, one. But that's either before or at the end of my workout, not during. So I think a lot of these guys are just trying to pick up a mate. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, you post a thirsty pick on Snapchat, see what responses you get. I've, which I've, I, there. which I, I, I get, you know, I, I, have not, I, you know, I've always been in a relationship most of the time in my life. So I've never had Tyler to. I was a man of monogamy, just in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> so I never had to really worry about that. But, you know, I've got a lot of friends that, that their, their way of life is like, how many girls can I date at once? And I'm like, holy shit, how do you even do that? But, you know, I get it. And that's a lot of people's thing is like, let me, let me, let me show people what I'm doing right now so they can be like, it's a conversation starter. Yeah. But if you want to get progress in the gym, find other conversation starters. Right. <laughs> like, just being honest. Like if you want, if you want to actually get the body you're working for, do the work in the gym and find other times for social media. Yes. Again, your phone's there all day. Instagram has, has not gone anywhere since it was invented in 2012. I promise it's going to be there. So yeah. All right. Well, we've been on for way longer than we planned on being on. I knew that was I knew that was going to happen. Yeah, good flowing conversation, man. That, that what what we said, we're trying to really do this to to grow the community. Uh we'd like to have some guests on here eventually uh to to talk and just, you know, discuss some of the topics and as like things come about too in the, this region and even over the US, we know we'll talk about them. Our big things are we want to keep it fun, uh, educational, and we want to keep stuff like politics and all that out of it. You know, we want to really make this something people want to escape and enjoy. Like you want to get away from your reality while you're on cardio and be like, ha, that's fucking great. I didn't know that happened. You know, like. That's uh, muscle worship. Hmm, now I have something to think about. You know, yeah. Interesting topics that we plan on doing a lot of cool stuff like that. Yeah. And like you said, I forgot politics even existed for the last two hours. Tyler, you're thank what? you for that. Viewers, you're welcome for that. We just gave you two hours of freedom from politics. Um, <laughs> yeah, like you said, like yeah, we're gonna have a lot of good stuff on here, guests. Um, I'm gonna try to get one of our buddies on soon next week. We'll see. I, I've already talked to him, Austin Brown. I know you're listening, and we both love you, and we want you. So, yeah, topics for you to talk about too. We're gonna put you on the spot. Yeah, put them put a big put put the light on them, the spotlight on them. But yeah, like we just like like Tyler said, we want to grow the community. There's you know, we're both we're both in Kentucky and this is kind of like a I feel like there's a lot of really like awesome up and coming bodybuilders around here. Um and I feel like the amateur bodybuilding world doesn't really have a much of a voice at this point. Like we, a lot of people listen to pros. Um but there are a lot of us who are amateurs who are really involved in bodybuilding. We love it. Um, we're intelligent and we just kind of live the sport. So, you know, we just kind of want to get something out there for you guys. We want to make it fun. 
educational, informative. Um, and I feel like this was a pretty good start. So, Oh, yeah. We'll definitely be doing more questionnaires to make sure that people will talk about stuff that everybody wants to enjoy listening to. Uh, exactly. Like, I want to be able to bring up some of these cool topics that happen in the bodybuilding industry because as a coach, I hear everything. Yeah. Like, I know everything that happens. And we, we talk about it in our group chats and stuff, but we're, I'm curious to, like, to let other people in on some of these things and like get their opinions. Yeah, shout out to the kings in the group chat. You guys are great. Yeah, Cameron's kingdom. Shout out Cameron. The kingdom. What's up? <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna. I gotta go eat and then train. So same. Same. All right. Well, it's good. Good show, man. I'll, I'll yeah. catch you later. See you later. All right, bro. See you.